Grab a drink and have a seat. It's time to chat with the hottest new artists and songwriters around. This is Backport Sippin' with Lindsay. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Back Porch Sippin'. Want to say a very, very big thank you to everybody that came out last week to celebrate our two-year anniversary with us. It was an incredible turnout, whether you were there in person or checking out our lives, commenting and chatting with us um, throughout the evening. I truly appreciate it so very much. Couldn't have asked for a better evening to celebrate two incredible years of the Back Porch Sippin' podcast. If you are not there in person with us and maybe you missed the announcement, no worries. I've got all the tea ready for you. So trust me, if Nashville is on your bucket list and you want to check out Nashville, this summer is the time to do so. We are partnering up with Big Machine Distillery to bring you the Back Porch Sippin' Riders Round held every month and you are going to want to be there. <laughs> I can't wait to see you. Can't wait to meet you. So if you're planning to come out to Nashville or you live here, live close by, please come check us out. Make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. You can find us at Back Porch Sippin' P-O-D. That's where you're going to get the lineup and the details for all upcoming rounds, but trust me, you're going to want to be there. My guest this week is a dear, dear friend of mine, and she is insanely talented. I am so happy our schedules finally lined up so we could get her on. She's had so much success over the past few years. Last year, a very, very big year for her. Co-writing hit singles like Wreckage for Nate Smith or Never Leave for Bailey Zimmerman. This is just the beginning for her, and I'm so proud to share her story. This week, we're chatting with Kentucky native Mary Cutter. When did you first move to Nashville? I moved to Nashville at the back end of 2017, so it's like five years. It's going to be six at the end of the year, which is crazy. But it's flown by, hasn't it? It's flown by completely. And, you know, I think, you know, we have COVID to think a little bit with that. I mean, that definitely did, uh, you know, kind of give a year and a half or whatever of craziness. But, um, you know, the time has just literally flown by. And I see it almost as like different seasons. And I, I feel really, really, really lucky and blessed to be here. Yeah, definitely. And to have made it through the pandemic. I mean, people don't get it. It's It's wild here. And so for people that like, literally stayed when music was all that they were doing to make money and pay rent and you stayed and you made it through and man it has worked out for you well you know it's really crazy I remember right before COVID hit there were several really exciting things in the pipeline for um, the business side for my career and literally everything went cold like not some of the things everything and I remember I was talking to my dad on the phone um, this was like right after the lockdown happened. I was like, dad, I don't like, what am I supposed to do? And I like literally everything went cold. All these things had fallen through. And he was like, you know what, Mary, um, you have to just think what can you control and then do that. And like in his world, he um, places people in companies. That's what he does for a living. And before the pandemic, everything was automotive companies. Of course, that was shut down during COVID. And so he had to do the same thing. And he went into uh, the food business. And like, I remember it was in that combo, like him telling me how like, he was like, you know what, I don't know the food industry, but I still know how to place people in companies. So he pivoted to that during that era. And then Build his company even larger. He's such a boss. But I remember like, he was like, you need to do the same thing. What do you have control over? And I was like, well, I guess I can still songwrite on Zoom. And uh, so I just buckled down. And that's 
all I did. Like literally, I remember I had doubles every single day of the week, not just Monday through Friday, the weekends as well. And I would do two rights a day, sometimes three. Like, I mean, everyone did their own thing during COVID. And I guess I just wrote a lot. And um, I was really blessed that, you know, you plant a lot of different seeds. And, you know, most of those songs, like nobody will ever hear. But it, you know, they're little dominoes to, I guess, the things that did sprout. Absolutely. That's the best way to look at things for sure. And I know out of those Zoom rights, you had a couple couple of really big songs come out. Do you want to talk about those? Absolutely. Um, man, it is kind of crazy, isn't it? Uh, I remember probably the uh, one of the bigger ones that was in the country world was Sleeve. And I wrote that with Nate Smith and who is absolutely incredible. And I remember whenever we wrote sleep, it was right at the beginning of the lockdown. And Nate was out in California. He hadn't even moved to Nashville yet. Uh, I was in Kentucky, quarantining with my family on the farm. Uh, Brian, who was one of the writers on the song as well, he was in Nashville. And Noah was up in, man, I don't know if he was in Virginia or if he was in Chicago quarantining. But anyway, he, he went to both different areas. I don't remember where he was at that time. But anyway, we were in all different parts of the country and Nate came in to the Zoom and he was like, I want to write my story. Uh, and it was about a really dark time in his life, a really uh, tough chapter. And he told us his story. And at that time I had written with Nate a couple of times in person whenever he had flown into town for writing trips in like 2019. And, um, but I didn't even know this story from his past and he filled us in. I was like, you know what, if we're going to do it, let's go all the way. Like literally like not filter this thing. Like let's not even think about commerciality. Let's just write the story, you know? And we went 100% in and we wrote the song. I got off the zoom, ate lunch. And I remember later that day, Nate was on, it was either TikTok live or Instagram live. And he played sleep. And I was watching his let's be real. Like, you know, we were on our phones a lot during COVID. And I remember he got to the third verse or bridge of the song. And that's if anyone's heard the song, um, it talks about um, being in the back of a cop car and then being in a jail cell. And uh, funny enough, that verse, we almost didn't keep in. We're like, is this too far? Like, are we taking this too far? But we kept it. And I remember watching the live, he got to that part of the song in the comment section just exploded like in that moment and i was like oh this song might this might be something i was as blue as those cop car lights innocent in that cell that night she broke me down to pieces she broke me forward uh he ended up recording it um really popping off um and that song opened up a lot of doors for us and and funny enough though also you know with the zoom session writing days i got pulled into some really unique rooms as well and i got pulled into uh this right with this artist named anna graceman and she does a lot of stuff in the sync world which you know tv film uh different commercials and uh, Brian, who's also on sleeve, uh, he had pulled me in. He was riding with Anna on the Zoomy Zoom. And we wrote this song that, you know, I mean, 
I thought it was a cool song. I enjoyed writing it, got off the Zoom, but I didn't know what I was going to end up doing. And this song is called Move It. And I mean, I kept on getting calls, you know, they'd be, hey, just so you know, it's going to be in a TV show. Oh, that's cool. You know, and then fast forward a couple months later, hey, it's going to be in a movie. Whoa, that's cool. Hey, it's going to be in the uh, United States Postal Service commercial. And it's like, wait, what? what? It's so random. So random. And um, anyway, you just never know what a song can do. And I think that's one of the most magical things about this business. Like literally we get to wake up every single day and we don't know what the day's going to hold. I mean, we know we're going to work hard and we're going to be working with creative people that are all over the place and we're all over the place, but uh, you literally never know what a song can, you know, we're talking about the sprouts. We don't know what type of tree it'll be. We hope it'll be a tree. Sometimes it's just a little shrub, but you know, we're grateful for those too, you know? I love it. Love it so much. Sleeve is actually one of my all time favorite songs. Like I would put that in like top five, hands down. So cool. Wow. That made my day. I'm not going to lie, Queen. Like that really, like, that's really cool. That's really cool. It has gotten me through, you know, like, like Nate as well, through some very, very uh, interesting times in life. And I always come back to that song. It is so good. And I remember seeing Nate play during, probably like during 2021, maybe 2022. And he played a show here um, at the Basement East. And yep. I remember someone was like screaming. They were like, if you play anything, please play sleep. <laughs> like, yes, I feel that. <laughs> You know, that's really cool. And, you know, it kind of makes me wonder, and I don't have the answer for this, um, but I have chewed on it. You know, what makes us resonate with certain songs? I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously, like, Nate can sing like nobody else, you know, and you believe what he says whenever he's singing. But I, I guess it's just like being, you know, there were four writers on that song, but we definitely didn't want to make it be overwritten. It was just telling a story. I don't know. That's really cool. Yeah, and that is literally the whole whole point of the podcast because I love hearing the story behind it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. how it's Nate's story. And I feel like that makes people connect even more because they're like, sometimes when you talk to songwriters or you hear their story or anything, you think that it was just like a perfect trail and they've just really made it and they're so lucky. And it just comes to show that like they are real people as well. They go through heartbreak. They go through... Yes, trying times, things like that. That's so true. And, you know, uh, I think uh, as creatives, you know, holding on to that, it's it's the human experience, not to sound too poetic or philosophical. But I mean, you know, I think the moment we try to manufacture it, I think that maybe takes away some of the beauty and the magic, you know. And I love that you're doing this podcast, by the way. You're literally such a boss. Like, Actually, and what a cool idea too to, you know, just get the backstories on people's journeys and and the songs, and it's just really cool. Well, thank you so much. I uh, have name dropped you plenty of times throughout <laughs> the episodes because I always interview girls, and they they're like, you know, there's not a whole lot of girls in the industry that you're like, wow, they for sure care about everybody, and you you are one. So. I kind of want to share our story, how we met back before I even lived here. I was just coming, you know, a couple times a month and met you at a party. And 
fell in love with you. You're amazing. Your personality is so bubbly. And so it is very cool to see how far you have come because nobody deserves it, honestly, more than you. Well, gosh, I mean, that really, you are so freaking kind. And, you know, I was so excited, by the way. Well, you already know this, but like whenever you had said you were going to move, I was like, yes. Like, and Nashville was not ready, you know? And, you know, it is really like, you know, it's just such a freaking small world. And I am glad that we got connected. And, you know, I don't know, like, you know, there's a lot of talented people here in this town. And I just feel really, really grateful to get to wake up in the morning and, you know, try and work hard and try to, you know, make dreams happen, you know? And you definitely are doing that. So walk me through kind of what a day in the life looks like for you as a full-time songwriter. For sure. Um, so I get up every morning at 6 a.m. And uh, I really want to start doing 5 a.m. But currently it's 6 on a consistent basis. And so I get up, I drink my coffee. I do morning pages. Uh, I just finished The Artist Way, which is like a 12-week program, which has been so cool. Any creative should do it. I And I don't normally make statements like, you should do this. But honestly, it's been life-changing. But so I do three pages, just stream of conscious writing. Um Sometimes it ends up being more like a diary. Sometimes it's just gibberish, you know, and uh, I do that. I read uh, and then I get ready. And normally I have a coffee meeting at like 830 and then my first session at 10 or 11. And then I have an afternoon session, sometimes a third session as well. That's the typical day. Um, Or I'll be in the studio. Like today's actually kind of a different day. Um, After we get off, I'm in the studio. Then I have an event that I'm going to. Then I'm playing year round. Uh, so, you know, just every day is different, but I basically like, you know, just want to wake up and grind usually from like six to normally 10 or 11 at night. That's a typical day. Goodness. And you still get to sleep and still get up at 6 (laughs) a.m. You know, I think I get so freaking excited. I'm like, whoa, I get to do this today. And like, that's maybe cringe. I don't know. I'm definitely still like a little kid at heart to the max. And let's be real. I drink lots of coffee. Like, (laughs) My coffee game is fierce. I remember before I moved to town, I never drank coffee. Like, why do people like coffee? Now I understand why they like coffee, you know? Now you're like, I would die without it. (laughs) Correct. You are not wrong. (laughs) So what is your go-to coffee order? Ooh, well, typically it's just a latte. Cappuccino's great too, but I don't even add flavoring anymore. Uh, I just love the creamy, like whole milk texture. It's like mm, chef's kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know you mentioned after our meeting, you're going to be in the studio. So are you able to share any details behind what you're working on? Absolutely, girl. You know me. Um, I'm not a gatekeeper at all with info. And so literally, I had posted uh, a little chorus of a demo, I guess about a week ago, and it popped off on the TikTok. And uh, I was like, well, you know, it's a little bit more rocking than and I love me some rock country. But this is like, it's like if Avril Lavigne dropped a country song, you know, and it's called Ghost. And uh, it's literally like, oh, you left me on red. Okay, I respect the dead. I don't chase ghosts. We're done. And Love so it's it. energy. And um, so literally, I texted my buddy who I wrote it with, who's also a producer, like, yo, King, can we get this puppy like fleshed out and drop it ASAP? He was like, yes. And so literally, like, that's what's going down today. So it's going to be fun. I love it. Can't wait to hear the full 
finished version, but you said that you dropped a sneak peek on TikTok. So let everybody know where they can find you online. Absolutely. Everything is under Mary Cutter, like Holy Mary, and then Cutter with a K, K-U-T-T-E-R. You just look me up on there and I literally am having a blast. I just post like a different like song little piece literally every day of different songs that are unreleased. And it's been such a cool thing too. You know, we were talking about how people resonate with certain songs over others. And it's been such a cool thing, like seeing the songs that people connect with. How has that played for you when people, you know, tell you about Sleeve or Wreckage or Never Leave, any of those songs that, you know, really did pop off on TikTok and everybody was like dying for the day it came out and now they're out. How does that feel when you see people's videos or hear what their comments on the songs? It's really been special. Uh, Gosh, whenever Wreckage just like exploded and this was right before the holidays it was so cool like seeing different people like I think the coolest thing I mean obviously comments are amazing and I'm so grateful to see those things happen but when people literally like make a video using wreckage describing their love story or like you know doing a photo slide of them and their significant other it's really cool and you know I've been so lucky to to work with different acts that have really been crushing the TikTok world. Um, I got pulled in to write first her show opener and then her wedding song, Alexandra Kay. Um, she's huge on the TikTok. Um, I don't even know how many million she has following her, but um, it was really a special thing seeing the same thing happen, especially with the wedding song where people literally use that for their wedding song and then uh, made videos of it. It's just so crazy. And um, I think TikTok, yeah, it can drive you kind of crazy because sometimes you're like, oh, I thought this would be viral. What the <laughs> God? It's broken. But like, my gosh, like, what a cool way to like, there's no, like we're not about gatekeeping. There's no gatekeeping. You know what I mean? It's directly to the fans and they either like it or they don't, but my gosh, like pretty great return. You sit in your car and lip sync to a demo that you just wrote and, you know, 1.2 million people can, you know, see it and be reposting and all that. That's pretty great returns. Just saying. <laughs> For literally just you doing it too. Like that's always super cool because People, the people that are killing it right now on TikTok, they typically don't have a team. That is all them. It's their hard work. Right. Correct. Which is so cool. And, you know, uh, Cooper Allen and I, we've been buddies for years. Like, literally, I met him the week before he moved to town. So whenever that was, I want to say it was like four years ago, though, literally, uh, he played a writer's night that I used to host, OMG, at Tin Roof, which you remember those days, Lindsay. Uh, I remember even before TikTok was popping, like Cooper was killing it. You know, he was independent and everything, but and he still is, but absolutely killing it. But I remember COVID hit and we were writing on the Zoom one day. I was like, so what have you been up to? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, I just got on this thing called TikTok. And like, once again, I don't know how many million he has. And it was like six or 7 million people could fact check later, but like, we're just LOL. I'm like, oh, six or 7 million, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> but literally like he has been able to build this incredible career. Like he's literally, like literally selling out theaters. What? Like from like him just posting videos. And and I think what it is, is like, he wasn't afraid to be outside the box. You know, I think, you know, we put ourselves out there. I mean, it's just like you starting your podcast. I mean, you put yourself out there and, you know, um, in a visible way that it could quote unquote flop. 
You know what I'm saying? Like when you are an artist posting a TikTok, like if it doesn't do well, it's like, oh no, it didn't do well, blah, blah, blah. What would people think? Well, I remember Cooper actually, speaking of Cooper, he literally told me this a while back. He's like, hey, if a video flops and no one sees it, no one saw it. You know, that's, that's always kind of stuck me like, huh, you're not wrong, you know? <laughs> and I think, you know, once we get past that, like you look at the returns, like he put himself out there. He's done these mashups. He's posted so many demos. Like he's done covers. He's done drinking games while he's singing, like blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, he's truly entertained. And I, I just think that's really cool. And there's all different ways of doing that. Obviously, it doesn't have to be TikTok. It can be on the road. It can be... I don't know, like, you know, doing different interviews, whatever. But I think, you know, unapologetically chasing after your dreams, I think is so beautiful. And I'm so here for it. Definitely. Before I let you go, I want to talk about your latest single you just released, Storm Chasers. Tell me everything. Oh, girl. You know, it's a little bit different than what I've released in the past because it kind of has this the track, I mean, it's definitely, let's be real, if I'm singing it, it sounds country, but it's the the track itself kind of has this throwback 80s pop thing going on. And um, I remember whenever I walked into the studio that day to write, um, I wrote it with Chris, your Chuck and Luke Sheets. And Luke was like, hey, I was just playing around. Like, what do you think about this track? And he hits like the little space bar and starts playing. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we have to write over this. And the idea of the song is basically, um, it's, it's talking about, you know, a back and forth relationship one could call it toxic. It's whatever you want to brand it. But this is the thing. It ain't him. It ain't me. It's both of us. You know what I'm saying? Like one of us is a tornado. The other one's a hurricane. When we get together, woo, it's crazy. It's like, you know, ton of passion, but also the angst is there too. But at the end of the day, we can't blame either one of us because we're obviously storm chasers. We are chasing the drama. When we should be running away, we are chasing it. And so it's just a super fun song that, uh, I don't know, as soon as I wrote it, I knew it was something I wanted to put out. And I'm so excited it's out. Yes, I am too. I love it. And unfortunately, definitely one that all of us can relate to. <laughs> we all have that one person where we're like, mm, probably should leave you alone. <laughs> I gotta say, though. You look at a storm, they're beautiful in their own way. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, take it, but take cover. <laughs> exactly. Well, Mary, it has been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. An even bigger pleasure to be your friend and watch how far you have come. And I can't even wait. It's a 10-year town. Man, you're only a few years away from that 10-year mark. And I can't wait to see you on the stage at the Opry, winning Grammys and everything else. I'm so incredibly proud of you. Queen, we got some celebrating to do and I feel like we're just going to keep racking them up and I'm so grateful for you. Thanks for being such a great friend. I'm super proud of you, baby. Thanks for having me. Some would probably say we don't mix. Some might even say we're toxic. Watch my eyes when you walk in. Hell, there might as well be sirens Now it's too late, we can't control it The night's on fire, the clouds are loaded Your lips touch mine and we start riding the thunder and the lightning Tornado dancing with the hurricane Blue skies like white, got a bad 
Thanks for listening to Back Porch Sippin' with Lindsay. Subscribe now to stay up to date and hear new episodes first. Be sure to like and follow us at Back Porch Sippin' P.O.D.